Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Can we forget about the things when I heard the news? didn't mean to call clip that I can't remember what you ran or if you like the three please help Steve please help us fly got another point guard and we are starting with the police we're playing Cody Martin Seven FNZ. That is a hack song of the week. A tribute to Steve Clifford, the Steve Clifford hire here in Charlotte by Hacksaw. Uh, that is the third rendition of the hack song of the week. The final one will be coming up at uh, 1:40 ahead of the bequeathal. We're going to go ahead and give Hacksaw his grades in person, as we always do. But you guys can send in your grades now on the Garage Door Guru text line. If you're done sending in your porn names, that, that, that destroyed the Garage Door Guru text line. But send those in. 704-570-9610. We got the Gold Brick Ceremony coming up in 40 minutes. And in the meantime, all of college football is gone crazy. Itty bitty fitty. Did you get our guy Bobby Carpenter on here? I got to give him a minute or two. Okay. Did you tell me that before we came back? I don't believe I did. Okay, I couldn't remember. And then I, all of a sudden, I had the sinking suspicion that I uh, that you might have told me, and I just completely disregarded that and then brought it on air like he, a true professional. He said he had to get his thoughts together before he joined the talented Nick Wilson. Was it because of – was he hearing the hack song and he just fell apart? Was that, that what it was? That may have been what actually derailed him for a minute or two. But, yeah, I'm, I'm about to get him on. Okay, so we're going to get Bobby Carpenter on here. And if you missed it, we did do our super draft. Uh, anybody, Fitty and I, we we cut to the quick. Uh, all these jamokes running around. Are we going to have an ACC? Are we going to have a Big 12? We're going to have a Pac-12 in 10 years. Uh, anybody, Fitty and I did what was best for college athletics and just divvied up the the best schools, the 12 best schools. And so, if you guys didn't see our uh, our results, it is up at Nick Wilson says. I think we retweeted it from at WFNC as well. And that's kind of where we're going. The real question here, is it going to be two super conferences or is it going to be three? But if the first move towards super conferences here in the last two years was Texas and OU joining the SEC, the next one was struck yesterday with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. And now we go out to the guest line and welcome on. You know, I'm from Outkick the Coverage, Sirius XM College. He's a part of the morning show on 97.1, uh, the fan in Columbus, Big Ten legend, NFL uh, linebacker as well, Bobby Carpenter. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing all right, man. Uh, I, I'm thankful in a way that the Big Ten blew up college athletics yesterday because it gave you and me something to talk about on our shows here. As a Big Ten legend, do you like the move to add USC and UCLA to the fold? 
Uh, I do. Um, I don't necessarily like it as far as the history of the game and where we're at now as far as, um, you know, tradition and, you know, everybody, you know, pairing up. Like, I, I enjoyed the fact that there was a West Conference on the West Coast. I enjoyed the Big East 20 years ago. And so it's, it's rough for me to see that. That's what I grew up with. But kids today, like, they don't have that same allegiance. And I guess for me, you know, the Big Ten, if you're going to uh, – if you're going to make the move, like you had to do something and they were going to go somewhere. And so it made sense to go get them. And now that's really just the first of many dominoes that I think are going to end up falling here in the next, uh, next coming weeks. Bobby, you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned the timeline there, the next couple weeks here. Uh, obviously a lot of this is speculation, but what other programs do you think make sense for, for the big 10 to, to target and hone in on to try and add? Um, well, I think from what I've been told, I've talked to a couple of my friends out in the Pac-12 that, I mean, Oregon and Washington are pretty much uh, on their way. Like, that's got to be voted on. It's got to be taken care of. And I think they're trying to let USC and UCLA have their day. But I think that's more or less coming. And with that, you get that gives you, you know, 18 teams. I mean, what's to stop it from going 20? And I think at this point, there's like a real desire to have Notre Dame in the conference, and so who would they bring in to pair up with them? Is it a Stanford, you know, to give them their natural uh, rivalries that they've always had on the West Coast with them and USC? Do you potentially go after a um, maybe a North Carolina and the ACC? I mean, there's a lot of options there, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming weeks. Bobby, uh, it's interesting to hear how people view the next couple weeks, couple months, couple years pairing down in college athletics. Do you think we're going to end up with two super conferences, or do you think we might still have a, a window to get to make it three instead of those two We that, that it seems at this moment a lot of people are predicting? Um, I think there'll be there's a window to keep three, but the problem is uh, the ACC, they've got a pretty restricted covenant to try to get out. I know their TV deal's pretty locked in, but it's not great. And so I think you'll still have remnants of the Pac-12 and Big 12 that'll be pinned together. I think you'll still have the ACC, but I think if there's teams that can get out of the ACC, they'll try to do it because they understand that it's much more advantageous for them monetarily to get out of the ACC and get it where you're going to be getting 40-ish million, maybe close to 50 million a year. Whereas in the SEC and Big 10, you're going to be getting over well over a hundred million dollars a year now, you know, moving forward. So, I think as you look at that, like, it's really tough to compete. I mean, you look at a Clemson, I think if they could get to the SEC, they'd probably love to do it because now they're trying to compete nationally against Bama, against Georgia, against Ohio State, you know, and Oklahoma, maybe Texas, they get to be good again. But And all those schools are going to be bringing in in excess of $100 million, and you're running a $50 million deficit to them every year. That's, that's really, really tough to compete in arms race. Bobby, what should what like let's say they add Oregon and Washington uh to 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 the fold here as they continue to go on and it, you know let's say they get to 20 or 22 or 24 teams it, should the focus all be about football or or how do you want to see them balance you know searching for the great college uh, basketball schools versus college football schools well, I think they've tried to balance that, you know, a little bit. I mean, you got UCLA, who's never won a championship in you know 25 years, but they're still a competitive team, and they have great history. Um, I, I, 
the reality is football makes all the money. Like people can talk about that and the TV rights. Like football overwhelmingly drives the bus. And so when you're talking about expansion, you're talking about other sports. Yeah, there's other sports are, are important, and you want to try to fund them all. But to be, and to have good matchups. But the best way to do that is by having a great football program in a dominant conference because that's going to solve all of your problems and give you that capital that you need to be able to go out there and build new stadiums for your Olympic sports, to hire those coaches, to make sure you can pay for the travel. And football, football does it all. I mean, it's a single, single income household, and football is that income. Bobby Carpenter, uh, longtime Ohio State, Big Ten legend, longtime NFL uh, linebacker, and uh, now with OutKick uh, as a contributor, now with 97, uh, won the fan as part of their morning show in Columbus, Sirius XM College. He is a multi-hyphenate on many levels here. Bobby, we did a super draft, a college athletic super draft earlier in the show. Myself representing the Big Ten because I was born in Ohio. Uh, and then uh, my board op is a Southerner, so he represented the SEC. I'm going to give you my roster of six teams I added than his. I want you to tell us who won the uh, show Super Draft. I drafted North Carolina, Notre Dame, Miami, Florida State, Kansas, and Duke. And he drafted Clemson, Oregon, Virginia Tech, Washington, NC State, and Stanford. Ooh, that's tough. Is this just football or are we talking about all sports? All sports. Oh, gosh. Uh, I think she got Stanford in there. Stanford carries the water in a lot of things. I I would probably have to give you a slight edge, but that's a pretty darn good list on both sides. I really wanted you to tell me that I destroyed him because I could talk a lot of bleep on that, but I respect you being <laughs> honest. All right, so uh, every day on my show, we do something called Five Burning Questions, and these are kind of meant as uh, as quick riff items here. Are, are you ready to go through our Five Burning Questions? Yeah, let's hit it. If the ACC wants to survive, what program should they uh, target to try and you know be the third super conference? Oh, my goodness. If they want to survive, well, I guess it depends on expanding their footprint. I don't think – I would target Notre Dame, but I don't think they could get them to come in full-time. I don't – you're not peeling anyone off the Big Ten or the SEC. I mean, I don't – gosh, there's really no great – maybe a Baylor. I think you'd probably have to go to Texas. That's a long geographic reach. I mean, you go up the coast, you'd have a West Virginia, potentially maybe a Cincinnati. But I don't know if any of those are really going to move the needle because the thing is, I think all the big branded programs have really been taken. All right, two. Which app or uh, website crashing would upset you the most and inconvenience you the most? Oh, man. Which app? Probably my Chase Bank app. That's happened before. That makes my day terrible. I said Amazon, but yeah, anything to do with banking, absolutely. Uh, three, best contract in the history of sports? Because oh, it's Bobby Bonilla Day. I mean, is that where we're going? I, I mean, that's a pretty darn good one. Um, gosh, I don't know. I feel like Keith Van Horn may have had the best one. His rights got traded for like five or six times after he had already retired. It was still making like $15 million a year, so... I know Bobby Bonilla is probably the popular answer around Bobby Bonilla Day, but I'm going to have to go with Keith Van Horst. I feel like he got paid a heck of a lot of money to not to play basketball anymore. All right, four, what moment would you like to erase in sports history? I mean, is this personal sports history or, uh, you know, my, my viewing sports history? Either or. 
Oh, man. My personal sports history would probably be, uh, oh, gosh, there's a lot. Um, it probably, it's kind of obscure, but we lost to Northwestern when I was at Ohio State in 2004 for the first time in like 34 years. And of all the losses I've taken, I mean, they were a good team that year, but that that's hard when you when you're the uh, when you're the person that has the asterisk beside him of, you know, who is the last time he's lost, and that's the only loss in like fifty something years. Number five, give us a pet name in the street you grew up on because we're asking for your poor name. Uh, my dog growing up was named Toby, and the street I grew up on was Wheeling. So Toby Wheeling, I think, is what we're rolling with. That sounds like a good middle linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. That doesn't sound like a poor name. That's just that sounds like a really good, respectable, athletic name. Uh, Bobby, yeah. you are really great, man. Really do appreciate your time. Thanks so much, buddy. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. Follow Bobby on the Twitter there at bcarp3. Again, outkick the coverage. Sirius XM College, 97-1, the fan uh, in in Columbus. And, oh, yeah, longtime NFL linebacker, Big Ten legend, Bobby Carpenter there. Uh, Toby Wheeling. Actually, you know what he sounds like? He sounds like a left winger for the St. Louis Blues. He sounds like a hockey player. I was thinking middle linebacker, but the more Toby Wheeling, Toby Wheeling, Toby Wheeling, the more I've said it, the more it does feel like a, a hockey player name. Maybe out of Saskatchewan, maybe a little Manitoba, a little Manitoba, Toby Wheeler. No? All right. Anybody fitty shaking his head. How dare he? Uh, when we come back, has the Hornets moment passed? Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. The... Jim Selenia, Gold Brick Ceremony, coming up in 20 minutes. If you guys haven't taken time to go to WFNZ on Twitter and listen to this week's candidates, you're going to hear them in 20 minutes. But you can listen now, vote now, through the end of the show. One of the great misspeaks in in station history, thanks to Beth Troutman. Um, there were several other moments. This, this was a good week of Gold Bricks. This was one of the better weeks of Gold Bricks we've ever had in the history of this show, going back to my days uh, with Wilson and Parcel and Hacksaw and the boys. In the meantime, I I think it's fair. The uh, With the latest uh, allegations, not allegations, they're allegations on social media by Miles Bridges' wife, where he never said, or she never says his name in it. But I think it's fair to have finally, I think we have enough information that if you want to say you don't want Miles Bridges ever playing for the Charlotte Hornets again, I, I, I don't think that's an overreaction. Now, it doesn't mean that he definitively did what he's accused of doing. I've seen people say, well, he turned himself in, so that means he's guilty. No, if he didn't turn himself in, he would be a fugitive from the law. Turning yourself into police is not an admission of guilt. It's an admission that you're wanted by the police. Um, that being said, the the allegation, or rather, the allegations on social media are pretty damning, and and even more so, the video of of their son talking about it uh, particularly hit home with me. Uh, I mentioned earlier, my mom was my mom's first marriage was a uh, involved domestic violence. My mom is a domestic violence survivor, and. One of the pieces of leverage, that piece of something used against my mom, was my brother, who was eight years old at the time. And so watching the Miles, watching Miles Bridges' son 
talk about this situation and having having it being posted on social media brought back a lot of really just kind of uncomfortable feelings and uncomfortable memories for me specifically. But that's not where I think the Hornets should be. You and I are allowed to have human emotional reactions to these allegations. Just in the same way that if you hear the allegations or if you look at it and say, well, he's still innocent until proven guilty, that's also a completely fine answer to have. What's not okay is what does happen. Because people will say, well, why did she post this on social media? I think there's a decent chance that she posted on social media because women, domestic violence survivors, deal with a lot of shaming. They, they, there is a lot of shaming that comes out, or there is the fear of being shamed as well uh, when you bring this kind of these allegations to light. So I'm for people saying, why would she put these allegations on social media? It might be in response to some of the things that she's heard from people on social media. Not how how I might handle it, how other people might handle it, but just to assume that this is some sort of ploy or that she has some sort of con going on here, that to me is victim shaming. I won't do that. I don't know what happened. I'm not going to assume Miles is uh, is guilty. I'm also not going to assume that this is some sort of a game because that, that to me is equally heinous if that were to be true. But this is where if you want to say that, he should never play again for the Hornets. That might come to pass, especially if anything further comes out. Um, if you want to say the Hornets should pull the qualifying offer today, because he shouldn't be, I, I understand that. That's more than fine to say. But I don't think that's what should happen. Miles Bridges has a lot bigger problems right now than his legal, than, than what, how, who's going to pay him $150 million? Miles Bridges might not be in the NBA next year if if there's any evidence corresponding with what Miles Bridges' wife posted on social media. That, to me, is pretty significant. That, to me, is where... This is not a Charlotte Hornets issue. This is an NBA issue. And more importantly, this is a legal issue. So, for the Hornets to come out and say, we pulled his qualifying offer, that wouldn't necessarily be about basketball. It wouldn't necessarily be about a financial decision. It would be more of a PR decision. And it would be a, like it would generate good PR. Wow, the Hornets stood up. They, they did what was wrong for them from a basketball perspective in the name of doing the right thing. It, it would still be about the PR side of things. I think the Hornets have to continue. I, I don't know that the Hornets at any point in the next three month, uh, three weeks should feel comfortable giving Miles Bridges a max contract. As of right now, I don't think they should pull the qualifying offer. That's not an endorsement of Miles' innocent innocence. It's not anything other than there's still time for this to play out. And I think the worst thing that anyone can do is treat it like a true sports talk topic. Miles Bridges probably will play again in the NBA at some point. He might even play next year. You know, it's funny because it's not funny, but somebody brought up the Greg Hardy thing because Greg Hardy is the big evil that we've seen. What he was accused of doing, what he ended up getting in trouble for, getting suspended by the league for. Greg Hardy faced league suspension 
The charges were dropped, and it was expunged from his record. So, and by the way, none of that is to say Greg Hardy is is innocent. I don't know that Miles Bridges will face jail time over what he's being accused of doing. But everything, this is not a sports decision if you're the Charlotte Hornets. This is not as simple as do you pay Miles or do you not pay Miles? And until it can be reduced to that, until you can get some clarity on that, I don't think you need to make a move. There's no financial incentive. People say, well, you can use that money elsewhere. If you pull the qualifying offer, you're still over the cap considerably. And once you're over the cap, you can't, you don't have any cap space to use other than your mid-level exception. Even if you turned around and traded Terry and Gordon Hayward for a, a better player, well, then you wouldn't just be losing Terry and Gordon. You'd also effectively be losing Miles. From a basketball perspective, there's no real reason until somebody makes Miles Bridges a max contract offer or makes him an offer in general, I'd be pretty shocked if Miles, if the Hornets felt the, the need to make a decision on Miles. It's okay for an organization not to react. You can be repulsed and also not react emotionally. And I think this is a test of the Hornets organization. Because the Hornets have been an emotional... Uh, Michael Jordan is an emotional owner. Uh, there are times where emotionally he's completely disconnected from the Charlotte Hornets. And that's as much as I've heard. There are times where he's just not around the team. He just doesn't check in. He's still aware of what's going on with the team, but he's not around the team. He's not involved. He's not present. And then there are times, like we saw with firing James Borrego, where he's overly emotional, and that informs his decision. That's what's going to be the test here. I think Mitch Kupchak has proven, even as wackadoo as he can say, you know, as, as wackadoo as he might be when he says things, Mitch Kupchak has proven to be thoughtful and diligent in the way he attacks his job. You might not agree with his decisions. There might be some decisions he could have made better. But he is thoughtful and, and diligent and takes his time in making big decisions. Make no mistake, guys, this is a big decision. On the court, off the court, it has real implications on every single level. I trust Mitch Kupchak to make the right decision. I trust that there's going to be a moment in time where if things get too up, if there's a video, God help us, if a video comes out of Miles doing what he's alleged by his wife to do, God help us if that video comes out. But I trust that Mitch Kupchak will do the right thing. I don't know that I trust an owner who's prone to emotional decisions. And maybe that emotional decision won't be the one you want. Because that's the problem with this. The easy emotional decision is, well, we're going to go ahead and, and remove the qualifying offer and Miles Bridges will never play here again. That's the easy emotional decision to make. There's other ones. An emotional decision would be Miles Bridges' camp says, well, we just want a contract done, so can we get that initial? Can we do three years, $45 million, or three years, $60 million? That's also an emotional decision. That's a decision based on a moment of convenience. We're going to learn a lot more. This summer feels like the summer we're going to learn a lot about the Charlotte Hornets. For better or worse, the Borrego thing didn't show me 
that this organization is ready for the moment that they are that is on. Because from a basketball perspective, take Miles off the team. You still have a damn good team. It's tough to lose your second best player if that comes to fruition. Gordon's still a really good NBA player when he's on the court. Terry is still a really good NBA player. Uh, Kai Jones, PJ, uh, uh, you know, uh, James Booknight. They've got so much young talent. But how they handle the mile stuff, and more importantly, maybe not more importantly, but as importantly on the court, the other moves they make, if I hear one more person say they, they should do everything they could to get out of the contract of Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, I'm going to lose my voice from screaming. Not at them, but just screaming into the ether. Gordon Hayward, when he's on the court, is still an insanely useful player. Terry Rozier is still an insanely useful player. This isn't Nick Batum. But yet, in the NBA, in the, in the NBA pantheon, we or the NBA um, atmosphere, is just this idea of... At any point, you have to get rid of a bad contract. That's how Russell Westbrook has become everybody's albatross. At first, he was Houston's albatross. And then he became Washington's albatross. And then he became L.A.'s albatross. Because the desperation was either to unload the contract or get a player who can help you be more relevant. I'm not willing to give away Gordon and assets to get rid of Gordon's contract. I'm not willing to to give away assets. The only way those two guys should not be Charlotte Hornets or one of those two guys should not be Charlotte Hornets next year, it's simple. I'm going to give the keys to you really easily here. The only way it happens is if you get better players in return. And I kind of feel the same way about Miles Bridges until proven otherwise. I was not willing to move on from Miles three days ago. Now, if there's a basketball reason to do it, now I'm... Now, uh, the the Kevin Durant, uh, the hypothetical, the big news coming out, Kevin Durant yesterday uh, requesting a trade. Now I'm probably a little bit more likely to say, well, if Miles was part of this deal, I don't think I'd be sweating too much at all. Three days ago, I don't think I'm saying that. Miles is still untouchable to me. He's not now with the latest allegations, especially considering that we have photographic evidence of what he's accused of doing. He still, and in, in, in fairness to the conversation, he still could have not been the one to do it. But it, it does add, the social media stuff adds a bit of, of relevance here. But I'll, I said this earlier. Let's take Miles off off the, the, the table here. Has the Hornets moment passed them by? Because this has been as brutal of an offseason as you could have. From firing Borrego to the Atkinson thing to Steve Clifford, and we don't have to relitigate that, from... Uh, the the Miles decision from a year ago, re-signing Terry Rozier when you probably shouldn't have. From two years ago, signing Gordon Hayward when you probably shouldn't have because it compromised your long-term salary cap uh, ability. Are you at all worried that this offseason is a sign from start to finish that the Hornets moment has passed them by? Because I'm worried, but I'm not certain. I, I still think you got LaMelo. I still think if we take Miles off the court, if we take him just out of the equation for now until the legal stuff uh, figures itself out, I still think you have so much talent. With Brooklyn being crossed off the list, I don't think Philadelphia is getting better re-signing James Harden. They just gave three years, $45 million to P.J. Tucker, who can barely run anymore. A guy's got one skill they gave $45 million to. Good luck with that.
So I think there's still a moment here. But kind of like we talked about with the ACC with Jim Phillips. Jim Phillips needs to do something dramatic to save the ACC. We're not there yet, but there's going to be there's going to be a time soon, especially if they have to renounce the rights to Miles, that they could have to do something dramatic to to save what should be a really special run for the Charlotte Hornets. Is the Hornets moment passing them by? The gold brick ceremony leads off with holiday engagements on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ, I'm going to need you to stop what you're doing right now. Unless it's driving, because that could be really dangerous. But at this point, I, then I want you to file this one away. Or if like you're crossing, as cross, don't stop crossing across. Basically, if you can do so safely and healthily, I'm going to need you to stop doing what you're doing, especially if it's working. Oh, if it's working, unless it's a work poo, then keep going. I, I, there's nuance to what I'm saying, but I need you to stop doing what you're doing right now. And follow me at Nick Wilson says on Instagram. I think it's an outrage. It's an affront that I, Nick Wilson, who allows you, who who tells you men, hop into my DMs, hop into them anytime you want. At Nick Wilson says on Instagram, I do not have a thousand followers yet, and I think we need to change it. That's all I'm going to say. That's how we're going to. At Nick Wilson says on Instagram, if you want to follow me there on Twitter, if you don't already, but get into those, get into those DMs. At Nick Wilson says on the gram, you can also check out Itty Bitty Fitty and I who are celebrating Hawaiian Shirt Friday. Itty Bitty Fitty shirt is louder than mine. That's all you got to say. In the meantime, let's get to it. It's time for the Gold Brick eh, Ceremony. We're about to play you the four best moments from the uh, the show this week. You guys can vote on them through the end of the show at WFNZ. And there have been many Local Charlotte media members that have gotten engaged recently. We had Trevor Sikama on. Nick Carboni, Charlotte's other best Nick, got engaged as well, which prompted me to admit to getting engaged on Christmas, and Itty Bitty Fitty had a, a problem with that. So holiday engagements. Uh, how far are we going down? Like, if it's Arbor Day, I'm not... Uh, that's chocked. I said holiday, not made-up days. Okay, all ho all days are made-up days, if we're being fair. The whole calendar is made up. So, like, I would constitute that being New Year's. Okay. Easter. Uh, Fourth of people July. Get, people get... Engaged hey, on Easter? Hey, some people celebrate the resurrection of our of our he Lord in different risen. ways. He is risen and Let's so get is our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Be the worst Instagram post in the history. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like two people holding hands and like right beyond it is the crucifix. I'm trying to think of like, how do you stage an Instagram photo shoot when you just got engaged at Easter? I am now on a mission. I am now on a mission. If you got engaged on Easter, one, why? Two, was the Easter bunny involved? Like, did you get those Reese's eggs as like a celebrate? I'm trying to think of how you can really take an Easter engagement to another level. Christmas, we're good. Thanksgiving, I kind of get it. Fourth of July, party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Easter, it just doesn't feel like the right mood of 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 the, the tone setter for a marriage i'm glad that you've spent some time and thought since this moment because i have as well but it's not about the engagement part 
It was about my made up day. And then you were like, well, every day's a made up day. So for the last like four days, uh-huh. I've been st- sitting there thinking back when Augustus and Nero and all those guys made the calendar. How they named each and every day the day that it is. Mm-hmm. Like, what made them make Monday, Monday? Like, it well, is, for well, like four days I've thought about this nonstop. Did you at least look it up? Or no. did you just try to figure it out on your own? Yes. But, I was trying to formulate an answer in my own brain well, that made sense. A lot of it's based off the Latin language, which they spoke in Roman times. So that's where you start here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There were a lot of reasons. I have none of them. <laughs> so, so I remember why the months were named because it's the the Roman calendar. So I was like, uh, so, you know, each one is named after some sort of God or something like that. But the days I realized I also have no understanding of why each name is uh, it, or it, the name of each day is is what it is. Number two. Except Tuesday, which sounds like a day that they were just like, well, it's the second day of the week, so let's call it Tuesday. No? Okay. At the end of Wednesday's show, it was reported that the Orlando Magic were not likely to retain Mo Bamba. And that propelled myself to sing a song about Mo Bamba in response to a song you sung about Mo Bamba, but mine was to the tune of a fake. Of a famous Disney song. No, no, no. I sang a song you did not. Let's listen. <laughs> we could mow Bamba to Akuna Matata from The Lion King. All right, I'll give you a chance. Go ahead. Okay, hang on. <laughs> He's like rocking, like trying, trying to find to, the I'm rhythm. I'm trying to get the beat going. <laughs> mow Bamba. <laughs> Okay, you got nothing. Like, you got to give me some no, background no, music. It's, it's you. No, like, it's you. you not, it's your you song. Have you not the Lion King song? I have seen it. So but like, you're the one. I gave you La Bamba to Mo Bamba. Like, Mo Bamba. <laughs> Do you have any other lives to contribute? No, it's you. You. I gave you something, and you said no, it wasn't no, good I just said we could so Mo Bamba to no. Akuna Matata. No, 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 no. You it's said. A, it's a wonderful day. Mo Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't. I still don't think you understand how you aired. If you say, well, you could say said name and make it about a famous song, then you have to construct it. I'll help you, but you have to like. I went mo mo bamba da 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 da. I really like mo bamba. See, that's how you write a song with somebody's name in it. Yeah, I, I thought like I was gonna be like the mo bamba and Hakuna Matata, and you were gonna have like the the lines like. Dunks and blocks, or something like that, and you just, you just let, no, no, you, you just, just let me die no, on you, air. You literally just said, you literally just said, eh, Mo Bamba no Kuna Matata. I said we can Mo Bamba. It's like it's, it's we, we're radio relationship. We can, what? Yeah, it, it's a team. Yeah, but the team, it, the, the, it has to start out with a winning formula. You gave no formula. You're just like song name. <laughs> like if you had said, uh, I like Mo Bamba when he plays for the Hornets. Like, Where was this the other day? Where from you, sir? <laughs> from you, sir. You gotta get the kernel, and then I'll help you pop the popcorn. I, I re- that wasn't a great analogy. It was still better than you just saying Akuna Matata. Now with Mo Bamba, you know. <laughs>
Number three. Beth Troutman was in studio again yesterday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 1040. Beth tries to get our radio license taken away. And our radio license taken away. And this this time she had a story about a festival in Texas. You'll, you'll hear where it went. I found a story that's tailor-made for you, okay, Mr. Hot Dog Juice. They have made a seltzer in your honor, a hard seltzer in your honor. Um, mm-hmm. It is hot dog juice flavored hard seltzer. It's supposed to taste like that hot dog water, yet it is a seltzer. So this is like carbonated hot dog water. A Texas brewery is bringing this into existence for a big thing called juice. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looks like I'm going to Texas. The best part about this, the best part about this is Beth is almost impossible to make blush. And she stepped on her own landmine there. She was so, because my wife and I listened to this last night Uh because I played it for because I was still laughing about it at night. And she's like, what what happened to Beth? Because you don't really hear her. And it's like, because she was dying from embarrassment. She couldn't breathe. She was laughing so hard. Uh, That was maybe the favorite thing that Beth has done. And it almost caught. Luckily, I've got the dump button over here and I saved us. But the fact that she made herself blush was probably the funniest thing to me. The bit with Beth might be the best segment on the radio station. And it's come full circle. Because I've embarrassed myself. Uh huh. You've embarrassed yourself. And now she finally, yeah, she had finally turned the tables. The bit finally turned its tables on Beth. That's perfect. And I, I'm not convinced she's not out to get us off the air. Because we always get to that threshold where we either got to cross it or we got to dump it. And we've done a little bit of both. So I think there's some game that, gamemanship here from Beth Troutman. And, and well, apparently, Bo, uh, from, uh, Bo Thompson from their morning show says she does this to him all the time. That it, it's the whole show is her almost ending his show. So maybe it's, she's just trying to do in radio in general. Maybe it's not just, maybe it's just, you know, she's big podcast out here trying to take down big radio. Number four. Lastly, we conclude with the former co-host of the show, Stanislav Stan Norfleet, was in studio to close down Tuesday's show. And after answering your five burning questions, he revealed why and how often he cleans his sheets. All right, since you've judged me, how often do you wash the sheets? The sheet, My sheets? Yeah. Once a week. That's a lot of work, man. And if there's company, it's more than that. All right. Well, there's no one saying there's uh, remnants if they get in the sheets for staying fleet. I'm, no, not, <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm gonna, I didn't say it at the time because we we're pressed for time. I'm not buying that uh, Stanley Maurice Norfleet, my brother, your brother, uh, is out here washing those sheets once a week. I also don't buy. That's a PSA. He put a PSA out on the Charlotte radio for the good ladies of Charlotte to know, oh, you don't have to worry about any remnants on my sheets. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of these. Do not buy it. Absolutely do not buy it. There's a lot of ways I want to take this conversation. And any of them that will go full on Beth Troutman on our, our, our contracts at our station? Yes. Um, Most of them. But I, I don't believe him either. Because a Dundada... 
You don't have enough time to clean your sheets as frequently as he does if you're adequately done dotting. Because if I was done dotting, I'd just have multiple beds instead of having <laughs> multiple sh multiple sheets. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'll see you in room three in 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Harris Teeter, Cucumber Isle. Uh, I'll, I'll be with you in about 30 minutes in Cucumber room two. Isle. There is a magazine there, so go ahead and read some magazines. You can turn on some TV. There's some uh, wink, 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 some motivation in there if you want to get started. Uh, all right, I'll be with you in 30 minutes. There's like a waiting room in Stan's pad. <laughs> he just has like the self-cleaning restrooms and... Uh, in gas stations. It's just self-cleaning bedrooms in the Dodada. <laughs> All right. We've got them up there. At WFNZ. Holiday engagements. Glizzy. The word is glizzy. Fest. Hakuna Matata. In the sheets with Stan. Vote now through the end of the show. The bequeathal will bequeath the award for best moment from the show this week. In the meantime, Dave Demashek, Extra Points Podcast. Joining us next, we'll get into straight up Summer Sports Talk, his thoughts on conference realignment, and more on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.